Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, June 10th. We are heading into week two of the PLL season as the boys go down to Charlotte for the games this weekend. They start tonight. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Dukes and Dukes. Uh, we, we've got a, a bit of a different show ahead for everybody today. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a show that's right up my alley. Um, slip, slip and picks, slip and picks, slip the picks. I guess we can kind of work on the, we, we can workshop the wording on that one. Slip the picks, slip and picks. There's picks. I'm not saying they're good ones, but they're for sure picks. Um, so yeah, I think you guys are going to be excited about this. No, we're not, we're catered to, towards a little bit of an older audience that likes the gambling aspect of where lacrosse is going, the possibilities that lacrosse gambling has. So I, Kind of thought like, hey, why don't we get some people that like gambling like lacrosse? So we got the smartest guys in the business. We got Billy Football, who's turning into Billy Lacrosse. Um, he's got the itch for lacrosse again, so it's good to see him getting into the mix of lacrosse league. Then we got a friend of the podcast, Nick Alcello, Um, played in the Fiesta Bowl. Ever heard of it? So I think that you guys are really going to enjoy where the direction of this podcast is heading. So if you want to explain how these these episodes will be formatted from now on. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's going to be pretty similar to the way that things were before with our uh, with our weekend preview episodes, but now just a little bit more uh, heavily based in the in the sports betting aspect of it. So make sure that you guys are doing all your PLL gambling over on the Barstool Sportsbook app uh, as as long as it is available in your state. Um, but yeah, so. Just moving forward, I think Friday episodes will mostly be slipping the picks. Um, so it, it'll be, you know, Dukes, myself, Billy Football. We'll have a rotating guest in there for the fourth. We'll talk about the games coming up this weekend. Uh, and then Monday's episodes, you know, we'll always do the weekend recaps. We'll bring a few interviews coming your way. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be much different than it was before. Um, but we, you know, I get, we'll start referring to the Friday episodes as slip the picks yeah there'll be also there'll be a youtube they like basically the only difference that you guys have to worry about is they'll probably just be slip the picks is just going to be broadcasted live at 5 p.m on thursdays so you can watch it live you can watch it right there on the youtube at the crease dive uh, subscribe if you're not subscribed already but then the, the episodes really be just the same it's the same picks and previews it's still two two dummies talking lacrosse so but what I will say, yeah, make, make sure, though, that you guys are subscribed to us on YouTube because, uh, yeah, th those will be out Friday or not Friday, uh, Thursdays at 5 p.m. So yeah, if, Eastern. if yeah, Eastern. Um, so, you know, the audio version of the episodes won't be out until Fridays. Uh, so if you want to make sure that you get those picks in as early as possible, make sure that you are catching them on YouTube. So go over and subscribe to the Crease Dives channel on YouTube. Uh, and also just while you're at it, I mean, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you haven't already, we're at the crease dive on that. Uh, but yeah, so heading into this weekend, before we get to slip the picks, there is, uh, you know, a, a bit of news to get to. Um, so it was just announced earlier today uh, that Austin Stotts will be making his return to the PLL. Uh, obviously, everybody, I'm assuming everybody remembers the whole saga between Stotts and Gaudette last year after week one, uh, where a, a digit was uh, a, a digit was consumed. 
so a little, little bit of a dust up in the in the hotel lobby after after a game after a night of the boys being out on the town. Uh, one thing led to another, which led to Goddard's finger being in Austin Stotts's mouth, which led to him clamping down and taking a big old bite out of it. Um, but listen, I mean that was that was a year ago. Time has passed. Uh, both guys have served their time and now uh, Austin Stotts reinstated back into the league. Uh, the statement from the premier lacrosse league reads Austin Stotts has signed a new contract with the PLL after completion of a program organized by the PLL's discipline and conduct committee. Stotts has been reinstated to chaos lacrosse Cubs 25 man roster. Um, listen, I, I love, I love second chances. Um, you know, last year, I, I think the only thing that I really had to say about this entire situation, um, bit of a scumbag move by Austin Stotts, also probably a scumbag move by Matt Gaudette to put his finger in there. But listen, I mean, it's it's been a year. Bygones are bygones. Uh, he gets a second chance. I, I think that he he's he's probably earned that second chance. And I, like, I mean, the leash is going to be tight, obviously. So if, if he can make the best out of it, um, then I, I don't see why this isn't a good thing. Yeah, um, I'm fine. I'm fine with Austin Stotts. I thought that it was, I don't know if it's controversial, um, but I, I thought it was good for the league um, to have a storyline that kind of, it was kind of like got lacrosse out there. Well, what do you mean a player bit another player's finger off? Would I want my eight-year-old to necessarily know that? Probably not, but I'm 24 and I have no kids, so I was pretty fine with it. Um, the one thing I will say, I don't like that they reinstated the uh, Stotts. They should also have reinstated Gaudette, unless Gaudette was like, fuck it, I'm not doing any of your shit. I'm not playing your league again. Then I guess that's fair. But I will say, Stotts and Gaudette, we were robbed from having a rough and rowdy fight between them. Yeah, I mean, that uh, that definitely would have put some asses in the seats. I, I am interested. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe, maybe we'll hear from Gaudette's dad in the, in the DMs. Um, but I, I am interested to know if Gaudette got any, uh, you know, if, 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 yeah, I mean, if, well, like if he's talked to the Chrome uh, or if, if he's talked to any teams, like you, you have to remember, like Gaudette's a great player, but the Chrome have also brought in Brendan Nickturn and Logan Wisnowskis. Like one guy just won the Tawaraton, the other guy was a Tawaraton finalist. Um, so mm. it's, it's, it's like, mm. so it, it, yeah, like, is he, is he probably re, like, is, would he be allowed to be reinstated onto a team's 25 man roster? I'd imagine if Stotts is reinstated, the answer to that would be yes. But would the Chrome be like, yeah, like it's a tough break, but we also just brought in these two nasty rookies and like, there's just not room for you anymore. Like that could also be the case. Look, we're not going to spoil the episode or anything. Somebody, we were talking about, uh, I was alluding to like the Redwoods offense. Wouldn't he fit in nicely? Godet, Grease guy, off ball, doesn't need the ball on a stick. But, but then you'd, you'd have to, you'd have to wonder how, uh, you know, if, if they have to practice again, so if Gaudet and Nepple have to practice against one another Dude, every time. They would be best friends. They, yeah, they would, <laughs> they, they, like they, they would love, they would love each other. It would, it would I, almost make too much sense. You hate to play against them. You love to play with them. It would actually be in the Redwoods best interest to get Gaudet 
because then that way they wouldn't have to worry about Apple getting suspended at any point this season because he won't be trying to take off Goddard's head in a game. So you bring him in and all of a sudden that's not an option for him anymore. Like if, if you let him go to the cannons, Redwoods are still going to have to play the cannons. Some sparks are going to fly there. Apple's going to be done for a game. You let him go to, you know, where. So yeah, I, I do think, uh, I mean, the Redwoods, yeah, they need, they need a finisher and also they need a guy to make sure that Apple's not going around trying to cross check dudes in the skull every, every five minutes. This is disappointing news, but Mac Audet doesn't can't, I can't find his Twitter account. If anybody sees it out there, text me. I'll, I'll get right in the DMS. I want to get cursed out by Godet. All right. Well, yeah, well, uh, so, so we'll, Dukes will be doing all the investigative journalist work that uh, that he's known for. That's why he's the best in the biz. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Austin Stott's getting able to, to join this chaos roster again. Uh, should definitely give them some help this weekend, especially while they're waiting for the rest of those Bandits guys to finish off their season. Uh, could be done as early as this weekend if they take care of business against Colorado. Uh, although, the, I mean, the Mammoth are also pretty sick. Um, it, was a, it was a tight one-goal game in game one of the NL final so there's also a chance that it goes a whole another week uh and anything else from the pll this uh, well obviously we've got uh you know a bunch of the canadian rookies are on the unable to travel list this weekend i think that they said that this is like the last weekend that this should be an issue uh but guys like brett dobson justin Inacio, um really any other canadian rookie uh some Canadians. some yeah, something something wrong with the visas where they're not able to make it to Charlotte. Uh, so those guys will be out of the mix this week. Uh, and, and any any other big big news that we're missing since last weekend's games? Hmm, not that I can really recall. Yeah, it looks like there's no updates in the PLL transactions. Um, it will be interesting. One stat's got one stat's got reinstated. Uh, Randy, when it, which team could will Randy go to? That's just the one thing I'm really interested in yeah i mean maybe maybe this was the play all along maybe randy said listen i'm, I'm out on the chrome uh you know audi's gonna get picked up by the chaos again maybe randy works his way on on over there and you get just uh get get the whole family affair going yeah especially with the chaos guys out i mean listen the band it's been one do you, do you call the Stotts family? I think you do. I think you just get the whole family just to put the pads on, get in the backyard, start working out during the week, and then make their way to Long Island for week three. Seems like a good game plan to me. Um, all right. Well, uh, listen, before we kick it over to slip the picks, uh, Dukes, I, I, I know you, uh, you, you were pretty involved with the PLL Player Royale last weekend. I, uh, I unfortunately didn't have enough time to – to come up with the team was still coaching at the time. Uh, unfortunately, my boys in Springfield weren't, we weren't able to get it done this week. So we won't be playing for a state championship on Saturday. Uh, still a great season out of the boys. So shout out to the Cougars on that one. Uh, but heading into this weekend, play player Royale on the PLL app. Yes. So our good friends at the PLL, um, they, they have just download their app. If you haven't already, you know, you can do, you see the scores, teams, league, all the notifications. You can join the Discord that they got going on, talk to other fans about um, lacrosse and all that. But, yeah, the Player Royale is basically just like fantasy football. Week in, week out, like daily fantasy for just PLL fans. I don't think you have, there's any age restriction, but basically you just they, – they rank players by tiers, tier one, tier two, tier, tier three. 
So you got two players in tier one, two players in tier two, and one player in tier three. And let me tell you, Jordy, I have formulated the best roster possible, and I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to challenge all of you, Crease Dive listeners. I will put out a link to challenge us. Um, you can challenge me, and we'll see who comes out on top. But my, my team's legit. I'm going to read it out loud, all right? Go for it. Jeff T at my attack position. Easy. Everyone knows that. Yeah, guy, guy, guy's been known to put up a point or two before. You know, he knows how to sling the rock back of the net. This is my steal, my midfielder, tier three, Tom Schreiber. The fact that I got my buddy Tom in tier three, that's like drafting Tom Brady round six, pick 199. My defender, tier two, Michael Earhart, Strong Island boy. Um, Think that, you know, him and Squires split time a little bit at the LSM position, but uh, Earhart's still the, the best LSM in the league. Uh, can absolutely whip it home, pun intended. So I think that he, he could get a two-pointer eventually one of these weeks, so I like Earhart there. Face-off, tier one, Baptiste. I mean, come on, how, how are we not going to take him uh, against the Cannons? Love that matchup. And then I got Blaze in cage, tier two. So I basically, just the roster you heard is I have the best goalie in the world. I have the best face-off guy in the world. I have the best defender in the world. I have arguably the best midfielder in the world. And I have the best attacker in the world. Well, here's the thing. I, I do. I, I love that team. I, I've got one here, though, that I feel like, like you want to talk about getting your steal as, as a midfielder with the third tier, Tom Schreiber. Can we talk real quick about what's going on, how I'm able to get Matt Rambo as a tier three attackman? Matt, just just uh, just a guy who's won a league MVP, just a guy who's been the championship MVP. Like that guy's tier three. Are you kidding me? Especially in a game against the Water Dogs, where he's going up against Michael Sowers, another Philly boy, where he wants to assert his dominance. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take Rambo in that matchup. So I've got Matt Rambo as my attackman, uh, my midfielder. I mean, this this is just a just a. Uh, an ode to Dukes. I've got a uh, Brian Costable. Yes. So Costabile, a tier one guy, this Atlas offense, they are buzzing and they're going to be buzzing all summer. So I like Costabile getting a bunch going this weekend against the cannons. Uh, my defender, another guy who I think is going to be a big time two bomb threat this weekend, especially because he got a few extra shots in last week in Albany. I think Jared Newman's ready to let it fly this weekend mm. uh, against um, against the Archers. So I've got Jared Newman, who I think push it in transition. Gettleman, great goalie, but might be might be susceptible to that two bomb. I like Jared Newman in this one. Uh, I followed you right away with uh, Baptiste at, at the face-off stripe. I think that he's going to have a monster day. And then in net, I've got the people's goalie 2.0. I was not a, a big believer in Sean Scannone, uh last week. I kind of forgot how big he was. I forgot how much of a unit he was. The moment I saw him get onto my TV in that broadcast for the Chrome, I was I was sold. Huge people's goalie fan now. Uh, he did get the uh, the green light from Larkin Kemp to be referred to as the pros people goalie. So uh, Scannone between the pipes, just an absolute unit. Listen, my team on paper might not get it done, but you watch the games this weekend and I don't see how they're not coming out on top. 
there. I mean, look, this is this is why you, this is why you draft the way you draft. This is why you play to win the game. Listen, um, I'm, so not, right I'm not now, looking. I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right ones. Yeah, exactly. So right now, you're seeing me do it live. Copying the link, going to the crease dive Twitter right now, and I am going to challenge all of you to the battle royale. Send tweet. Boom. Yeah, the gauntlet has been. Uh, is, is is the gauntlet dropped? Is is uh, is is that how that how that goes? Do you drop a, drop a gauntlet? I drop winners. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, you just used, well, you used it like a metaphor or something. I was like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I was either when I uh, when I started it. Just one of those you start a sentence, you don't know where it's going to go until you end. But speaking of winners, we've got plenty of those coming up on deck as we throw this episode over to episode one of Slip the Picks, our new gambling show. So make sure that you guys are on the Barstool Sportsbook app. We've got all the lines offered there. Uh, you can, you can follow us, you can fade us, you can do whatever you want, as long as you do it responsibly. Uh, so without further ado, we'll be throwing it over to slip the picks episode one, and we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die. We out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to the first ever episode of Slip the Picks here on the Crease Dive. Today is, it's probably going to be Friday, June 9th by the time this one gets out, but I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Dukes, and we are also joined by Nick Asello, former PLL player, uh, current voice of the San Diego Seals, and also uh, maybe a current, but potentially a former men's league lacrosse cross player i don't know you might be uh, injured right now we are also joined by billy football of part of my take so gentlemen thanks for joining us uh how you guys doing today nick we'll start with you bad i hurt my back playing men's league and my my hopes of ever returning to the field are officially dead and gone so r.i.p my my return Billy, what's going on? You, uh, you had a huge, yeah, I, I don't really give a shit about how, how you feel, Nick. You're, you're old. You're old. No, like, dude, my- welcome, welcome to the club. That's just how it is now. Yeah, uh, it sucks, man. I Bill, pulled my Billy, back out it, too. Yeah. I heard my back actually playing basketball too. And then I was like trying to squat and I couldn't. So if you hurt I, your back, I, like, I couldn't even touch a squat rack. So I don't want to hear you hurt your back and we're trying to squat that. To it was me like a little that- bit of a strain, but no backs are tricky. You think it's like things like slip disc or like muscle <laughs> slip disc probably, but like, Hey, I was really good at sports there for a couple of years. What's a life of back problems to you know, be the cherry on top. Fuck me. Billy, you should put down the squat rack and you should start working on the cardio. Cause you were absolutely gassed after the goal. Yeah, challenge. I mean, we had no water uh, and it was like 90 degrees. Out. I, I I'm starting to play basketball again. I need, I'm definitely gonna start playing men's league. Um, I just, I forgot my, my bag in my truck, which is parked far from the city. So, but I'm definitely trying to hop back in on the field, place of men's league. Be careful, man. Are we going to work on that lacrosse shot at all? Because like, from what I saw in the goalie challenge, Billy, you've got some good action to your shot. You just, uh, I mean, a little trouble with keeping the ball in the stick before you actually shoot it. But the moment you get that down like that. The the ones that you got on net, Dukes, I, I know you were shitting bricks a little bit. Yeah, dude. I, I He literally didn't know where it was going until Gunny gave him the scouting report just to put it low. 
Well, the stick, I mean, the thing is the stick I was using, I usually like a little more whip, more hold, but there was like, it, it, it had no hold as you saw the ball came out, but uh, I was ripping close to a hundred miles per hour. I think definitely, you know, if I just started playing some wall ball, actually shooting on like the net, like I haven't like actually practiced lacrosse in like probably over seven years. So Me like too. that was my first, uh, that was my first, you know, getting back on the cage. Hitting cage is hard when you don't practice hitting the cage. You're, you're right for a D midi position. I mean, I think I took like in my last season, 12 shots and combined miss by about three miles. So it's not always about putting it on cage. It's about throwing a piss missile 500 miles an hour over the cage and then subbing and getting off. Possession. So don't worry about hitting cage. I'll tell you Possession what, it, it is actually like what you guys do. It's, it's a little fucked up. Like the way that it works these days where you have so many balls on the end line, you have all the backstops, like what you guys were great for before, like you could take a shot, like Billy, I'm sure like this was like you in high school where you could take a shot and you miss the cage by a mile. All of a sudden, like that attackman now has to go run like 50 yards before he can pick up another ball that gives your team enough time to sub out all the guys you need. Like that's a, that's a, the definition of a possession shot nowadays, like every end lines like lined up with, you know, eight different balls. So a guy can still get a quick restart, but uh, no, well, I, you're I, as fat as I was, you know, every second counts coach, it's going to be 20 seconds. I'm damn near needed a wheelchair after pushing transition a couple of times. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. I'm yeah, gas just thinking about it. Billy, Billy literally after the third shot said, I am gassed. I need a one minute break. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are the run-ups and they're big shots. I mean, in, I, in high school, I was a two-way midi. I faced off. I would literally not get off the field the whole game. And Sick now it's like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just remember it was needs. that. It was that type of game. Like it was, it was that type of team. We weren't like that organized. So it was like, just play the whole game. But now I'm like, get gas in two seconds. I mean, I gotta, I gotta quit. I, yeah, I gotta quit nicotine. Then we're, then we're back on top. Billy, yeah. did, you know, did you know that Nick played in the Fiesta Bowl? Oh, you did? Yeah. Wait, you didn't hear? You didn't see on ESPN? You didn't see my stat line of zero tackles? Yeah, wait, wait. You played special teams at Notre Dame, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really like to talk about it that much. So there I was, right? Putting on the helmet, uh-huh. going into the Fiesta Bowl. It was unbelievable. <laughs> but yes, I stuck around for one year and played um, played in the Fiesta Bowl. Did you ever play in the Fiesta Bowl, Billy? No, I did not. Oh, yeah. I guess, you know, it takes something pretty special to play yeah. in that game. I played in the biggest little game in America, though. What's that? It's just a little D3 rivalry game. Nice. Sounds but, cool, man. What, was that at a sold out NFL stadium? No, no, it wasn't. It was at a, a you know, you know, in the Berkshires. It was it was pretty intense, but you know, <laughs> no, that's pretty sick. So Billy's, right, uh, Billy's number two football. Billy, you're the number two football person on this podcast right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't play D one. I really <laughs> wish like, I didn't have football just attached to my name because now I, like I feel like such a fraud sometimes. <laughs> No, that's actually funny. So, Billy, guess who I uh, actually guess who I ran into that was asking about you the other day? Who? Fucking no one, loser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See? <laughs> uh, uh, I was wondering where you were gonna go with that. I, I yeah. Billy knows that one. I, I, I knew where me. I knew where he it was going. Me. I've been on the receiving end of it before. Uh, Billy, hand up. That's a bad teammate move of me for not warning you ahead of time. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess guess we all got to read the scouting report when Nick comes on I, board. I mean, look, I mean, it's totally fair. I fell for a hook, line, sinker. Use that on everybody. That was like that was the first thing that was said to me when I was a freshman. Was guess who was asking about me? And the worst part is, it's like I you feel so good. You're like, oh, and probably some hot girls, yeah. right? No yeah. fucking no one. It gets you just right in. Yep. Um, but I, I mean, everyone listening right now, like the dozens of you, uh, you guys can't use that one yet. It, you can only use it unless it's done to you. Um, so don't steal any valor and, and take that one for your own. Um, all right. So that, that, that's enough of the chit chat. Let's, let's talk about why everyone's here. Uh, so this is going to be our, uh, I guess maybe a, a separate show from the crease die, but just mostly talking about the gambling aspect of the PLL. Uh, Love so it. we bring it on Dukes who uh, noted, noted gambling boy, Billy football. Um, also, you know, do, doing a ton of work to get a whole bunch of different, uh, bets on the Barstool Sportsbook app. And Nick is just a, um, I mean, just a, a degenerate in, in, in general. So he, per- perfect fit to bring on for this. Uh, so, you know, heading into week two of the PLL season, uh, we've got, uh, you know, a, a couple teams out there who they, they look to be, uh, it, it looks like Vegas wasn't quite sure what to think of them before the season. And I think that heading into week two, we are going to correct a lot of that. Um, mostly the fact that the Atlas are just a, an, an unstoppable wagon. So I'd go ahead and uh, just continue riding them for the rest of the season, but heading into Charlotte. Uh, I mean, let's, let's just get right into these games, right? Let's keep this one a little, little quick and simple. Uh, these games get going tonight. So Friday night, 6 PM on ESPN plus we've got the Chrome and the Redwoods. If you head on over to the Barstool Sportsbook app, we've got the Redwoods minus one and a half, uh, on the money line, we've got Redwoods minus 159, Chrome as the dogs at plus 125. Uh, Chrome coming off of a gutsy win against the Archers. Uh, Redwoods, I mean, they had their, their tails tucked between their legs big time uh, against, against the Atlas. Just a good old-fashioned shit-kicking. So, um, Nick, hopefully we can uh, kind of motivate your boys to have a better performance this upcoming weekend. And the over-under on this game set at 23-and-a-half. Uh, so, Nick, as the only guy on this podcast who has ever played for the Redwoods, I guess it's only only makes sense to start off with you. Yeah. T- hey, tough look for the boys. My insider take is it's pretty well known across the PLL that Nat St. Laurent runs one of the toughest training camps. Like as guys were kind of winding down, he's still grinding for guys on two a days. Uh, and that, you know, makes it tough. Does that mean he's mismanaging the team? Absolutely not. It's more important to get aligned than it is to win game one. But the reason that that's so important is because the Redwoods rely very heavily on athletic prowess. You look at their midfield, Sergio Perkovic, uh, you know, Miles Jones, Nakai Montgomery. If the Redwoods are a little tired or a little banged up or more fatigued, that's going to have a much bigger impact than on another team like the Atlas that relied on ball movement. So I think that coming out of camp, Atlas was going to be the best team. Redwoods were going to be the worst team. And I think that's why that game played out as it did. I also think it's worth calling out TD Ireland had to go against the best in the world and Trevor Baptiste. I think TD has the edge over Farrell historically. So I expect the Redwoods to do better in, uh, in the faceoff game. I expect their athletes, which again, they're a very athlete heavy offense, particularly on the, on the midfield side. 
I expect them to win a little bit of that. And finally, Evan, uh, Evan, Dylan Malloy was a wagon. And I think there's very few people that can match up well with him. But I think a guy like Garrett Apple, who is as physical as possible, is going to really limit Dylan Malloy from being the initiator that we saw him. So all that being said, you're probably not going to be too surprised at this. I have Redwoods by three. And I have the under hitting. I think you're going to have much better goaltender performances from Tim Troutner and Jack Kelly, two of the best in the game. It was a fluke that their goal save percentage was around 25. So there are a number of reasons that I'm focusing on the Redwoods and not on the Chrome, because I think the Redwoods have the biggest ability to bounce back. And I think that a line this close kind of represents that hammer the under hammer Redwoods to cover. I'm going to have to disagree with you there. Um, Where'd you, who'd you know, play for? I, I, I the only thing I'm disagreeing with is the Redwoods. Just like, why are they not like really, really good? Like the past couple times they've had the star power. Like, why are they not an absolute tank? They have all the big names. I just think they keep on falling short. I think Crow money line plus one twenty five is the absolute one of the best steals of this slate because Chrome played well last. Uh, played well last week and I think they could definitely get the Redwoods like the Redwoods are down I don't think they're going to be coming back as strong maybe they're going to have fresh legs but I just see the value in plus one uh 125 and the Redwoods have let people down like the Redwoods are favored uh but I think they're going to let everyone down once again. I'm just saying. Fine. Okay. So final point. I mean, it's just, it's weird to talk about a three-year-old franchise that's made the championship twice and made the semifinals once and lost in overtime. So, you know, listen, just not saying, just saying. I know, but they should have like, they should have like three titles. <laughs> I, I know that. I know. <laughs> like, I don't I'm know. Why my own ass here. They just keep disappointing me. Last, Who are you, last my parents? Week. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> last week when we were at training camp, Billy just kept being like, I can't believe the Redwoods haven't won a championship. And I'm like, if the Whipsticks didn't win, we'd be saying, how the fuck have the Whipsticks not won a championship? Like, the teams are really good. But I'm no, just I'm saying with- the future of lacrosse really is on the Redwoods' shoulders. If they don't start winning, they have all the big names. They're, they're not – it's like the sport so, depends on them. So would you say that this is a must-win game for the Redwoods? Absolutely. Game game two, it's already in must-win territory. I love it. You know what? Fuck it. We'll do it. Must-win game for the Redwoods, and I think they will never fail us in a must-win game. Dude, I we just didn't know the playoffs were must-win. We forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like the over. Right, Billy almost convinced me. You like the over? Yeah. I mean, no, just I looking at – my under game is coming up next and I'll tell you why, but I like the over in this one. Cause the thing is the Redwoods have to score goals to win. Like the way they play, like they, they got, they're not a defensive, like they're not keeping a low scoring game. They got to just sort of get into a shootout with the other team. That's what's been, that's what happened in the first game and happened a lot last year. So we'll see. So the famous Redwood shootouts. They yeah, a lot of points. <laughs> so Billy almost convinced me to take the Chrome, but I'm I'm definitely leaning um, with the Redwoods here. Look, last year, like when TD was early in his career, he, he outdid Farrell, which they kind of alluded to. So I think the Redwoods will get possessions that they, they didn't really get last week. And in the first half, TD was controlling the faceoff X, and the Atlas were still winning. So you knew it was kind of a red flag from the get go. 
when uh, Baptiste started getting his own, the Atlas really started to take off. Look, I like the way that Apple kind of matches up with this defense. It'll be interesting to see who he guards. If he guards Malloy, that's two big, big boys. Malloy had a big week last week. So I think just slowing him down. Be interesting to see how uh, Nick Turn does in his second uh, second professional game. But I really like the Redwoods here. I like the goalies to bounce back. Will be interesting. Will be interesting to see if they do do go back to the two goalie system. Um, I said in the last episode of the crew staff, I'd like to see Jack Kelly get the start and Timmy Troutner come in. If that's the case, if they go back to two goalie systems, but yeah, I think I think Redwoods are absolutely the play here. Um, also, if, if if we get points props on the Barstool Sportsbook, I would definitely look at Jules Henningberg uh, points props. I if last week's telling you anything, he's he's due he's due for multi point games every single game this season. Uh, and I like the under too. Also, I like the under. Um, yeah, the under. Because Billy, Billy's talking about the two-point threats. I will say this, though. Here's one thing that I'm loving about the Redwoods. I wasn't impressed with the Chrome's transition defense last week. And I think that if Serge Perkovic can do what he does on the defensive end that he showed at the end of last year, what he showed last week, get a two-bomb on the run. Um, he was a little quiet. Billy, that's your guy, too. Serge. You, Nick, know. you didn't know Motor this. C Billy has a picture me. of – yeah. Do you have like a crush on him? Serge Perkovic. No, dude. I just like when I was growing up, I was like Serge Perkovic. That's my favorite player. Like he plays like how I want to play. Yeah, he I can like set you guys up or something. He's he's actually probably the best flag football player to ever play professional lacrosse. Correct? Then yeah, you're playing he, that. He was in that league. I think he played. He was in that league, and like he was discussed. Like he had legitimate offers at like you know Illinois, Iowa, a couple of those like corn-fed white boy programs because he grew up in Michigan. So I was like, he had legitimate offers uh, as a tight end. Which you know, take one look at the guy; it's not that surprising. Didn't he? Um, did he play with? He was on like a, a flag football team with either like Ocho Cinco or, or Tio. It was one. No, of he them. had uh, Michael Vick was his quarterback. Oh, he I had think. Michael Vick yeah. as the what? quarterback. Yeah, yeah he was when, catching when was passes this? from Michael Vick. It was. <laughs> it was one of those like we, like flag football leagues were popping up all over the country at that time. And there were like a, one of the PLL guys, Nick Tinnell, like knew the founder and got a couple PLL guys like on that team. And Serge was like, no, I'm legitimately good. And he was on like Mike's Vic, Mike Vick's team. It was unbelievable. Zero uh, festivals for Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> before we before we uh, close up shop on this uh, on this Redwoods Chrome game, I do need a little bit of insider information, and I think Nick, you you could potentially give this one to us. Um, obviously, we're talking about the matchup at the faceoff stripe between TD and Farrell. We do need to know: do, do you have any intel on whether or not TD was able to make his flight to Charlotte? <laughs> Uh, I think he was able to make his flight. I think not being severely bullied um, goes a long way in having organizational skills. So I think while my departure is greatly missed as a glue guy, I think TD wakes up every day and praises the heavens that he doesn't have to deal with my shit. All right. Well, if you get TD at the, uh, at the field on time, I, I do like him getting the Redwoods a few extra possessions. Um, you know, I think there are a few guys on that Redwoods uh, offense who, 
I mean, it makes sense when you talk about, uh, you know, Nat's training camps being a little, little more than, than the rest of the team. Why yeah, he's you know, a military some, guy. Why, why some of these guys weren't quite as uh, productive in week one. Um, so I would expect, you know, a couple more shots to, to drop for Sergio. I think he went over four last week. I uh, would expect a, a, a Matt Cavanaugh, just a, a greasy couple of ride back goals from Matt Cav. I uh, would expect a little bit more out of Ryder this time around. So I do love the Redwoods in this game. Um, I don't love the over or the under one way or another. So I'm, I'm just going to take the coward's way out and not, not uh, choose a side on that one. But I do love the Redwoods in that game. Uh, moving on the 845 game on Friday night. I believe that this is going to be uh, hold up. Let me, let me just check to make sure that I'm not an absolute idiot here. Uh, no. So it's this, this one's also on ESPN plus we get the ESPN two game on Saturday, uh, but the 845 game on Friday night, we've got the chaos uh, coming off of a, a tight one goal loss to the, to the whip snakes in the championship rematch to start off the season last week. Uh, they're taking on the archers. So both of these teams coming off of one goal losses uh, we've got chaos uh, plus plus one and a half archers minus one and a half on the money line. We've got uh, archers minus minus one sixty seven. chaos is the dogs at plus one thirty, and the over under this one. Um, and, and again, I, I guess it makes sense just because you have blaze between the pipes. Um, mm. But if I keep seeing these really, really low chaos over unders, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm probably going to start fading those, but either way, this, this number is at 22 and a half. Uh, so Billy, uh, did you get a chance? Yeah. You got a chance to see the, the chaos up close and yeah. personal week one in Albany. So, uh, how, how do you feel about chaos heading into this one with the archers? I like the chaos here. Chaos money line. They're the underdogs. I think there's huge value there at one thirty. and this is my under game. <clears throat> archers were under, we was a single digit score last week for the archers. I think yeah, they lost, they lost 11, uh, 10 just came up short there at the uh, end. Yes, so double digits, but still, even that would be under chaos. Blaze between the pipes. He's the best goalie I've probably ever seen live. I mean, seeing him go to work live was insane. Like, I think he's definitely going to contribute to a low-scoring game. And, I mean, from the game we saw, they only scored about, I think, seven goals or eight goals. So I don't think it's going to be that it's going to be a defensive battle. I think it's going to be the under, and I think. The chaos are going to come out with it all right uh yeah i mean you cut out just a bit at the end there but i i, I think you had uh under and uh yeah and chaos. chaos in the under all right that kind of sucks i hate to agree with them but i am inclined to agree with them uh i think it's also worth calling out that the chaos offense was a bit of a mess um word on the street has it that austin stotts is going to be back i don't know if that's breaking news for you guys but oh, he's coming no. back he's going to be on the roster so entering a little bit of a wild card what i don't like about that is i feel like introducing new people in a time when you're just waiting for the bandit season to over uh the indoor season to end so that you can get all of those Canadians back. They're not going to mesh. But the reason why I like the chaos is because of two people, uh, three people, Jared Newman, Troy Ray, and Mac O'Keefe. When you have three legitimate two bomb opportunities, uh, three legitimate threats, I just feel like, you know, they hit one apiece. That's six goals right there. Mac had one last game. And another reason why I like the under is I've publicly kind of shit on Jared Newman for being good at shooting, but bad at defending. 
he played an unbelievable game against the Whip Snakes. And if his athleticism and if his, you know, his defensive IQ catches up to his athleticism, that is a scary, scary human being right there. And I think I saw a major hurdle in that. So between um, Jared Newman becoming a better true defenseman, Jack Rowlett being a staple, Blaze being in between the pipes, and them, ha- them having two-point threats on Adam Gittleman, who's a good goalie but might let up a two-bomb here or there, I think that's going to lead the chaos to a win. That being said, I think this Archer's offense is good. I think they're very well-rounded. I just kind of like to lean into the shit show. So um, have to agree with Billy that it's going to be chaos and the under, and I have it like 10 to eight, but they hit like two, two bombs late. So they're like down eight, six, they hit two, two bombs. And then it's like, holy shit. Troy Ray hits one. Mac O'Keefe hits one entertaining game all around for the defensive minded folk of America. This sucks. So (laughs) (laughs) this is an exciting show, isn't it? But I'm going chaos on the under two. I will say that the face-off X, the face-off X battle will be where I where I'm most interested to watch which Kelly will come up on top of the face-off battle. Um, you saw last week with the archers. Um, oh no, that's the wrong team I was thinking of. I was thinking of the cannons. But archers, Justin and Ossie are the rookies out. So how will that really affect them? So that's why I'm leaning chaos a little bit. Um, look, like you said, Newman, I've been shitting on him for two plus years now. I think that I'll, I'll stay state it publicly. I did not think he was deserving of the 2019 defensive player of the year award. But look when you kind of accept that role as the second, third best defender and you're thriving in it, he basically shut Rambo down last week. She kept him under three points, which is like phenomenal. Um, like you said about Gittleman, if he starts getting shelled, you don't have Dobson back there. A lot of Canadians got issues with the visa right now and Grant Men's still out. So look, the Archers are a good offense. Their defense didn't look put together last week. You know, with the chaos, what you're getting. The offense is out right now. I don't know if they'll put up, be able to put up the goals that they're used to, but the defense and their staple still there. Blaze is in the back end, so chaos on the under. I think we now have to bet archers in the over. In the over. Well, because I, I, we just so that yeah, I mean that's where I was leaning anyway. I did kind of forget to take into consideration that the archers won't be able to win a single faceoff um with with the Nacio, which by the way, I mean Canada, just get your shit together. Come on. Um Nick, does Canada even exist? I'm not sold that Canada exists. Um, I don't think the blame is on Canada. I think the blame is in other places, but um, I'm trying to work my way towards not being a hostile person to the entity that might shoulder some of the blame. So could be anybody's fault. I just don't think it's Canada's, which we don't even know exists yet. Well, either (laughs) either way, I'll blame Canada. Um, But no, I I think even with... You know, the, all right, so I, I do think that there are going to be a lot of face-offs in this game, so that is going to be a little tough. Um, but I, I just think that this Archer's offense, even without Granamant for this weekend, um, I don't know. Like, I, I just think what's really working for them in this matchup is the fact that all those Bandits players aren't there. And I think, like, we Dukes, you and I have talked about this. Uh, maybe it was last week on the crease dive. But, like, like, this Chaos team, when they have all those Bandits players – like they're just a, a group of just massive dickheads and that does not mesh well with the sweet boys of the archers. And I think, you know, like, like I look at a guy like Chase Frazier where he is like, like he's a guy who he's playing on the opposite side of the field as anyone on this archers offense. And even he can get under their skin and just cause these guys to just uh, you know, just 
I mean, cry and, and, and bitch and moan. So without having all those bandits players there, I think that that's going to be a huge sigh of relief for this archers offense, kind of let them settle into things a little bit, even though they do have to deal with Newman, they do have to deal with Rowlett. Um, I think that we get a little bit more out of Tom Schreiber this week. I think, you know, that I think that it's, a, it's only a matter of time before Matt Moore gets himself going. So even without Grant Ament, even without winning faceoffs, I think that we get this Archer's offense starting to click a little bit more. They don't have to worry about getting bu- bullied by all the Bandits players. I like I like the Archers in this one, and I do like the the two bomb threat from the uh, from the chaos. So probably gonna be probably gonna be a pretty tight game. So maybe just like Archers squeaking by by two. So I like uh, I, I like Archers on the spread, and uh, and I like the over. Ooh. Also, Jordy, do you remember what Marcus Holman said when he came on our live show? Uh, not. I mean, he said he said a few things, but he said a lot. But he said toughest goal in the league. Who, who's got him figured out the most? Blaze. Yeah, but then like you just dish it to Matt Moore, and then and then he gets and, and then he he gets well. If I knew well. Dukes was going to take chaos and under, I could easily justify an archers. I still think it's the under, but uh, you know. <laughs> Archers is kind of nasty. Also worth noting, I think Trey LeClaire's due for a breakout year. Had a great year with the Seals. I've been watching them. And, uh, I mean, get ready to pop the champagne as soon as they, you know, win their first game. I, I, I was about to say, this This one isn't offered on the Barstool Sportsbook app just yet. Uh, but maybe we can we can work it in there somewhere. Uh, what, what would you set the odds on the, uh, the champagne celebration in the locker room if the Archers pull off this win, Nick? Minus 45 trillion. What's the dumbest odds you could ever think of? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Who are the Archers? Who, who are the Archers getting as their face-off guy? Is that announced yet? He's going to be like, like, who they have last year? Gaffney? But like that. Pretty well. I think he went like close to 50. Little, I think little, he jumped a couple times and like other guys had to take it, which is why Farrell's was good. But I think Anasio is, you know, certainly a good option. Graham Hasek also could step in at the X. Jesus. He's yeah, so just, fucking scary. You say his yeah. name and I get scared. Yeah. yeah just, just block just, everyone off yeah. the wings. Just let him absolutely Ooh. just go to town. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go lock the door. Just make sure yeah. Graham doesn't <laughs> bust it down. Couple, couple broken wrists coming right up. Um, all right. So that brings us into the Saturday slate of game. So Saturday, 6 PM ESPN two. So if you're, you know, if you're taking the lady out to a nice Saturday night dinner, uh, you know, you're over at Chili's, make sure you head on over, you tell your server, Hey, can you throw ESPN two on the TV over there? Because I've got to watch the Atlas take on the cannons. Uh, both of these teams, looking so good in week one uh, Atlas right now favored minus two and a half on the money line. We've got Atlas minus two ten, cannons at plus one sixty. over under here set at 24 and a half. I think the Jeff Teat hits that one on his own um, Atlas. They, they shelled the Redwoods 17, 11 in week oh. one uh, <laughs> cannons came out uh, and they put a, put a good old fashioned beat down. They, they put the water dogs into the dog house, uh, with a 16 to 10 win over the water dogs. So, uh, Nick, how, how, how do you feel about, uh, how, how do you feel about the outlie and the cannons in Saturday's slate? I have Atlas in a blowout again. Um, I think that the reasons that the cannon looked really good was because they were dominating the faceoff in the transition game. That doesn't happen against the Atlas. You're going against Trevor Baptiste and to provide some really good technical knowledge. I don't like the way the cannons roster was slated last week, 
Um, not enough short stick D middies and leaned a little bit too heavy into, you know, kind of some offensive threats. I think that's fine. I think it worked out for them because they were dominating that. But when the short stick D middies get tired, when you don't have guys, you know, Asher Nolting is a midfielder. What is he going to get back? No, he's not. And combine that with no offense to Asher. He's just an attackman. Uh, grew up near Wheat Ridge, by the way. Um, but like when you have a dominant faceoff guy and attack and middies that can pick everyone apart, like they didn't even have to rely on a guy like Costabile. You know, I'm hearing rumors that it could be Brent Adams and Romar, Dem- Romar Dennis back in the roster just to start switching up some midfielders. Like I, I think this Atlas offense combined with Baptiste is the most lethal thing. I think the only reason the Cannons beat the shit out of the Dogs was because they had that faceoff in transition. So I have the Atlas covering by a substantial margin, and I have the overhitting potentially, you know, by themselves. Billy? I, so this, this, I think um, definitely, like the Cannons I've heard, even though they won, they're one of the weaker teams in the league. And I think Atlas are just going to run away with this one. Um, I do think it's going to be an over game because I think it's going to be like uh, Nick was saying, a lost blowout and I think that might be uh put it over uh but I mean besides I, I'm very strongly atlas on this so but besides that I, I think it's just set in stone one of those yeah I I, I think the atlas are absolutely gonna shell the cannons God, we, we gotta no. get, yeah well yeah, the fucking cannons I mean this stuff. is just this is, I mean, this is just easy. Just like if I took the cannons, I'd be Stephen A. Smith just trolling because the cannons are going to finish as the worst team in the league. There's no doubt about it in my mind. I think that last week was a complete fuck. Complete, last week was a complete fluke. Complete fluke. Look, if Morocco, if Morocco comes out and saves 66% of his shots again, sure. If he saves them week in, week out, like, yeah, they could be the best team. But I think a lot went right for them in the first half. And like you said, it's in the second half. Stephen Kelly got fucking shelled at the faceoff X. Withers got the best of him. The Water Dogs wing play got the best of him. Now he's going against Trevor Baptiste. You're giving the Atlas offense. Like, Trevor could go 75% this weekend. Easy. And you're giving the Atlas offense that many possessions. This could be, I'm saying like 17 to 9. I'm saying an absolute shelling. Um, you're not going to give Wild possessions that he needs to be able to work on his end. Like, sure, he'll get a couple of points, but I'm not really liking like a, a Lyle point prop this weekend. I think the Atlas show that they're the best team in the league. And I think the cannons get exposed. What do you think is going to be the bigger blowout this game or whip snakes, water dogs? Well, hold up. Which way are you leaning on that one? <laughs> this, I guess, I guess we get, this is going to be the blowout of the weekend. Okay. <sighs> I don't like, I, you're I, an idiot for saying the cannons are going to be dead last easily. I mean, that's just, that's a stupid take. Easy. I respect you. I respect I, what you're doing. That's an MLM idiot brain statement. Who's, who's going to finish last? Chrome again. That's fair. All right. The Cannons are going to finish yeah, last. Yeah, yeah, that is fair. Yeah, back down from that take I, in I, one I, second. I, I, I knew you didn't actually so believe that. Again, I, I, the I Cannons think... are the worst team in the league. No, can't say that when you have, you know, because you, you talked me into that before Dukes and I'm not going to let you do it again. It, it, it is the crumb. Do I think that the cannons are a championship contender threat? No, not really. But I also like you're, you're saying that Lyle's not going to get the touches that he needs to get the offense going. I wholeheartedly disagree with that because I think that he just needs one touch to get the offense going where, where he needs it to be. Um, I think that he's that guy. I, I think that people really underestimate. Um, and I, 
I don't know. Cause I, I don't want to be like the people sleep on this guy when like, everyone's like, no, he's like really good. Like no one's actually sleeping on, on him at all. Like everyone's wide awake, but I do think that Ryan Drenner, a very underrated pro. Um, I, I think that Jake Fricaro adds that, that two bomb threat. Um, now again, I, I, I think that again, the, the Atlas are so far and away right now they look like the favorites in this league. Um, this offense, it's like almost impossible to figure out how you want to defend them, who you really want to focus on. Um, again, like it, like you, you even look at their midfield and it's like, all right, like we, we have to put short sticks on two of these guys. And those two guys are going to murder us. Um, I do like Tyson bell as, as a, as a short stick for, for the cannons. Like, I think that he's going to make someone like, like I, I don't know who would draw the the short here like do you do you short that who was who was getting most of it last week was like I'm sure like docs uh maybe short crawly either way like tyson bell absolute son of a bitch for anyone to have to dodge against um and then if the ball's on the ground he's going to be real greasy about it too so i i like i like the cannon's chances of keeping this one tight so i'm not gonna but i don't know still three goals is like I mean, the, the Atlas could just rattle that off in like five well, seconds. The dumb part is like, you can have the easy takes with Atlas about face-offs and offense and stuff like that. But like guys like Danny Logan, when you like, he's the best short stick DVD in the world right now. Ty, Ty Warner came back and I was blown away at how good Danny Logan played. He stripped Kavanaugh on a one-on-one mm-hmm. that happens once every five years. Like you can talk about the development of the IQ of Van Raphorst. Like if you look smart on TV, to make you look like an idiot that means you're playing galaxy brain defense like there are the easy takes with atlas and then like if you watch them in detail you're like let me nitpick this a little bit you're like oh fuck that's just as good as they're at you know Dude, as their and, offense or as their face-off game like holy shit and and cv like getting the ball off the ground and down in transition like his stick looked insane last weekend um I mean, maybe that was something that that was already happening in college. And I just like kind of forgot about, but like, he looked insane. Um, I mean, yeah, again, like Craig chick, like, yeah. I mean, they're, they're solid. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Atlas and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Atlas and the over, but I don't think, I, I I, I don't think that this is a game that you're going to be able to turn off at the start of the fourth quarter. Like, I think that this is going to be tight, 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 tight. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh fuck. You know what? Actually. Yeah. Like the Atlas are kind of running away with this one, but you're not going to realize it until the end. Last thing I'll call out. Stephen Kelly is slept on. Uh, he's not the best clamper in the world. He is one of the most athletic versatile face-off men in the world. So going to be interesting to see if he can counter against Baptiste. I don't think he can, but if, uh, if he beats withers, that's a, a statement coming out of the gates. And that's why, again, I don't want to sound like a dick, but it's why Dukes is the biggest idiot on planet earth for saying cannons are going to finish last. See, but I, I think that Stephen Kelly is like the most overrated face. off. I, I don't disagree with the versatility thing, but I don't think he's top three or top four in the world right now. Did you watch him play against the Red Wings in 2019? Yeah, I'm sure I did. He went 17 for 17 against Osello. See, but then, but then, and then it comes to the playoffs, <laughs> and he'll win two faceoffs. <laughs> Didn't you guys get a new faceoff guy? No, it was me. I was always good. Oh, yeah, oh, of course oh, we oh. got a new faceoff guy. Fuck. <laughs> I like Bucaro a lot for the Atlas. Just speaking of players that I think I've been on his train. Uh, a little bit. I like, yeah, I like you read the entire roster. I'm like, I love that guy. No, I love it's, that guy. it's literally every single person, but he's just one of those guys. Hope they see this, on. bro. Yeah, you can't. Once <laughs> he like when he inverts to X, uh, does the big little game. So he's just one player that I keep my eyes on. If you're a fan, 
All right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, this this will probably end up being one of those, uh, you know, you get the graphic of all the ESPN analysts picking one team and then they go out and get their asses kicked. So uh, if, if, if you want to fade the squad, I'd, I'd go heavy on the cannons in this one. Otherwise, we're all seems to be an agreement. Atlas minus two and a half plus the over. All right. In the final game of the weekend, another one on ESPN plus it is Saturday at 845 p.m. We've got the whip snakes taking on the water dogs uh the whips right now favored minus one and a half on the money line they're minus 141 water dogs the underdogs uh on the barstool sportsbook app at plus 110 over under here set at 23 and a half billy you were mentioning that this was uh had the potential to be one of the bigger shit kickings of the weekend so i think uh i think we're on the edge of our seats right now trying to figure out which way you're (laughs) going to go with this one i think the whip snakes are going to blow out the water dogs as a as a part owner, as a part owner, scumbag I mean, move, <laughs> dude. I mean, the Water Dogs, they get it. Like you know, they did finish first in the league last year, but you know, they just have no swag. They just like I don't know. <laughs> they just don't. I don't. Know, they don't do it very. You're gonna say that to Eli Gobrek's face after he goes between the legs on a pole goal. True, true, but I think the Whip Snakes are gonna put like easily win this one they might have to grind it out it may not be a huge uh shit kicking but i don't think the dogs got it well just uh just real quick talking about the the water dogs not having any swag let's uh shamelessly promo here if you head on over to store.barcelosports.com uh you can get yourself your your own water dog swag uh, we've got plenty of shirts in the store. The, the Mikey Slosser tee is, is unbelievable. I need about eight of those so I can wear one, one every day of the week. Nick. Yeah. He's cutting out. Or, or, sorry. I was going to say that made the rounds in all of our group chats as like the funniest shirt that's ever been made. So props <laughs> to you on that one. Yeah. The, the, the Slosser tee is incredible. The Sours tee is awesome. Uh, we've got some rope hats, the, the dog face shirts. So um, Billy might not think that the water dogs have any swag on the field, but you can have water dog swag <laughs> off the field. Head on over to store.barstoolsports.com. No, the shirts um, are awesome. Nick, your thoughts on the game. Uh, so I, I actually was not impressed with the whip snakes this past week um, against kind of a weird chaos roster. And I think the, the biggest reasons that the water dogs blew it was and I hate to say it because I think it should be banned and everyone who takes one is a loser, but because of the face-off matchup, Stephen Kelly being the most athletic face-off guy going against Withers, who's a known counter guy. I think Withers is going to have a much better game against Nardella, who is athletic, but not quite as athletic as Stephen Kelly on his exits. Um, and the water dogs are going to place a huge premium in years past. The, the whip snakes have just been good on offense, defense, transition. Water dogs look like a, bag of shit in transition i can't expect them to look that bad again two games in a row and with the whip snakes offense you know no offense to mike chan and chuck if he's the number one point producer when you have matt rambo when zed williams is still um playing for the mammoth in the championship i like the water dogs to win this one i did not see anything against the you know whips beat the chaos the chaos roster is a, is a mess right now the whips barely squeak out when they have most of the staples besides Zed. They didn't impress me. And everybody was like, oh, classic back to the water, back to the whip snakes. And I'm like, guys, look at this team. 
Their offense isn't nearly as deadly. Their transition can be stopped, as we saw. And, I mean, I really don't think you can have a, uh, a defensive unit of the Water Dogs that, you know, consists of guys like Withers and even, you know, Gobrecht and Burns and Courier to an extent when he's pushing transition. So, I, I honestly think the, the Water Dogs rebound in a big way and beat the Whip Snakes, which is the start of the collapse of the Whip Snakes empire. This is a fun podcast. Um, I completely agree. The one thing is, I think the Withers, I, I do think Withers did a good job in the second half against Stephen Kelly, and I ex- fully expect him to carry them at, that momentum going into this week. And you nailed it, like, you nailed it right, right on the head. The Whip Snakes looked like shit last week. I, the the Whip Snakes looked awful, and everyone was like, Oh, like this, the ship snakes. Oh, to buy the stock now, they're unbeatable. It was eight to seven. They grinded it out. Kyle Burnlore needed a fucking amazing second half to keep that one within reach for the whip snakes. So, yeah, I was not overly impressed with them at all. I do like the under in this one. I still think that the defensive units are still strong for both teams. I fully expect, look, the first, the first half was a disaster for the water dogs. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they respond this week, but they just can't finish slow. I mean, they can't start slow again because Dylan Ward, they have got to have the mammoth win because they need Dylan Ward back in a big way. DeLuca bad didn't point. look – yeah, DeLuca didn't look bad. <clears throat> he looked really bad, but, yeah, I, I, they need him back. They just can't drop this one. I like the Water Dogs a lot in this one, actually. I, I, I was trying to find the stats on it, but I feel like Withers also got the best of Nardella last year. Um, so, yeah, like the Water Dogs and I like the under. See, I, I see the Whip Snakes. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, I mean, they, they might not like it just because they're, they're a whole bunch of Terps, but like the Whip Snakes and Duke right now at, the, at this point may pretty similar as uh, February Duke – is the same thing as the June whip snakes. They know that they don't have to be playing their best ball in, in the first week of June. They, they know that like they're going to be in the playoffs anyway. And then whoever they come up against in that first round of the playoffs, they're going to shit kick whoever they come up against in the semifinals, they're going to beat them in overtime. And then they're going to be playing in their, in their fourth straight championship. Um, so like did, did the, did the whip snakes go out in that first game against the, the chaos, like, and, and think, oh, hey, like we really need to, to put a showing on here. Like, uh, yeah, like we got to play for our pride because we lost the championship game last last year. Like, no, they didn't give a shit. It, they're like, it was the first Anthony week. Anthony and Montauk already. Yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> like it's the first week in Albany. Like, yeah, it's, it's just after Memorial Day weekend. Like most of those guys were probably still celebrating the national championship. So they're like, all right, like whatever. So they weren't going to look great against the chaos anyway. Plus, you look at the roster like oh, all the bandits are out of there. Like we can just be in cruise control. Turns out like the first half, they were like, shit, all right, maybe we can't, maybe we'll shift into like an actual gear here. Um, so I don't know, like I, I wouldn't put that much stock in that first game from the whip snakes, um, same way that you can't put that much stock in the first game for the Redwoods because of the way that the, the camp is run. So you, you can't work for one team and then not work for the other. Um, also, I, I think what people are really overlooking here is, is the matchup, the Rambo versus Sowers, right? You, you've got... Rambo, the King of Philly, Sowers, maybe the Prince, right? And and this is this is going to be just a good old fashioned like old bull just taking down the young calf, being like, hey, like call me Daddy Rambo from now on. I'm going to have five goals and two assists in this game, and the Sowers curse is going to is going to live live on. The Water Dogs have not ever won a game that Michael Sowers played in, um, so. 
I do love the whip snakes in this one. Um, I also, I also love the over as well, because I am not crazy about burn lore or DeLuca. Um, also I'm not crazy about the idea that Ryan Brown can play another lacrosse game where he goes over five shooting. So I think that he'll get himself on the score sheet a bunch. Um, but yeah, so I like the over and I, I love the whip snakes in this one. When it's the, it's all the Philly ball. One more time. Winners all across the board for us. Yeah, we can't be, be, a winner out can't there be we can't be someone wrong. Yeah, someone's good right. job, Billy. I mean, tough to tough to hear your criticisms of the dogs. I mean, game one and there's just no hope, no hope of a bounce back. That's I think I think they they definitely will bounce back, but not this week. They might end up winning the league. Nice save. <laughs> but, that was a one eighty and a half, Billy. What? You go, they're going to get demolished. They're I think they're like, dead. I think they're, dead. I think they're terrible. Oh, yeah, they're going to bounce back. Well, they, they could not this, but not this week, though. That's what I'm saying, not this week. Oh, my God. B- Billy, it, w- it was one good save, which is pretty much more than the Redwoods had all of last week. Yeah, true. I, I thought that that would get a little bit more out of Nick. Um, uh, see, I wanted, I wanted to bite, but you're dangling cheese out in front of me, and I'm not going to bite the cheese. <laughs> I'm not falling for that trap, Jordy. All right. Well, all of those lines are available on the Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, Dukes and Billy, do, do we have uh, any, anything that people should be on the lookout uh, as we get closer to the weekend as far as, as bets go, as props? Yes, we're going to have the Rabel uh, coming out as well as Top Cheese, which is going to be a combined over of two games uh, that we're going to be picking closer to the time. And they're all great value. And you should definitely go on to the Barstool Sportsbook and take them. Yeah, the top cheese went one and zero last week. I think it was boosted from plus two fifty to plus two eighty. So yeah, yeah, that nice hit, and then the under in the Rabel hit, which is the total goals in week one. So keep your eye out on that. Hey, Billy, how did you come up? By the way, how did how did you guys come up with the top cheese parlay? Did you think of that name? Yeah, well, I thought of the name and I chose the games because I knew that uh, the I didn't choose the chaos. I just choose bad, not bad goalies, but goalies with the lowest save percentages. <laughs> Can I like, can I help like workshop the names of those bets or no? There should be one called the high and late, like the over hits, and then the game goes into overtime or something. Like that's that's gold right there. True. Billy, True. that's 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 I mean you just came I mean, that's better than you just came I mean. exclusive. <laughs> we got to come on and shove you in a locker on episode one, but you know. <laughs> we'll uh we'll, we'll we'll get a group chat going we'll workshop it all um uh, but yeah i mean head, head over to the barstool sportsbook app get your picks in um and yeah i mean uh stay stay tuned for some more episodes of slip the picks uh anything else before we get out of here oh, i i do want to mention just because we now have a gambling show uh i don't want to speak for everybody here but i i feel like most of you guys will agree with me um this does not mean this does not give you guys the green light for all the anonymous gambling twitter accounts to God, no. our mentions Those are the worst. And, and 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 give us like if if you're a regular person on oh, twitter yeah. you use your name and your face Send us send us pics all you want you got some winners i'll i'll listen to them um but if you're anonymous lacrosse twitter account uh that has a a, you know your profile pictures from google images and you say that you have you have winners and winners only um i i don't care so uh, we're up 70 units that's cool do a gainer off of a cliff (laughs) (laughs) not in the festival one time 
Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, also the cool thing about this show is we don't keep records. So we oh, only winners. count winners. I'll, I'll, yeah. don't count. Oh, can we count so we'll winners? winners. <laughs> Let's count winners, but like not. So it's just like we're all like seven and zero, like eight and yes, zero. Yes. Yeah. And then someone and also worth calling out, like if if I have any um, NLL as a, as a broadcaster, humble brag. I think I have to do like gambling, gambling integrity training. So all these lines I'm hammering, super duper hypothetical. So there's that. Yes. Yes. Oh. This is all just picks. We're not gambling. Yeah, this is just picking stuff. This isn't what I'm going to be Venmoing someone to bet for me. Yeah. Like this no, is just. If you have a gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, if you need help. So please gamble responsibly. And gamble responsibly with the Barstool Sportsbook. We're just shamelessly plugging all over the place. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the only the only place to gamble that's responsibly is the Barstool Sportsbook. Everywhere else, is. I've been saying that for years, actually. Yes. like not even yes. plugging anything. That's just what I believe in my heart. Yeah. Yes. Let's let's sign out of here, boys. Good to see everybody, <laughs> and we'll catch you guys on the next one. All right, see love you guys. See ya. Oh,